did you hear the story about that Russell Crowe told about um, meeting a fan in the toilet? What? No, I don't think I've heard that one. Russell Crowe, you've been to a men's toilet before? Yes. And they have a little Yeah, you can look over and things. have a chat. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Look at Peter Sizes. Yeah, Russell went in and was having a bit of wee and the guy next door was having a bit of wee um, next to him and he looked over and was like, um, he recognises Russell Crowe and he's like, oh, mate, oh, I'm a really big fan. And and Russell looked over and then looked down and said, well, not that big of a fan. Oh, oh, that's a bit harsh. Well, that's the Aussie humour though, isn't it? Yeah, I made that up. Hello and welcome to Jimish Fan. My name is James. Welcome to Cairo Siri Conversation, a new episode, episode 10. Are we up to episode 10? I finally made it to episode 10. Hi everyone. I'm James and you jo- and you are Tanya. Me and I am we. joined by... <laughs> we. <laughs> we are. As are we. Well, yeah, I am joined. Yeah, Tanya. <laughs> me. Oh God. Hello. Hello. Long time no see. Uh, yes. Has been a while. James had the man flu, everyone. Well, you had the flu as well to start <laughs> off with, and then I was away, and I, because I got sick on the way back, all those dirty people on the plane. Blame the dirty people. It's fine. This is like, this is like almost like slumber party podcast, is what I'll call it. Late night slumber party podcast. Is that too girly? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of the vibe we're going for. We're back at King's Park. Yes. Um... But on the other side of the park, looking over the narrow bridge. It's quite pretty. It's more hidden. It's Inside definitely, the car, because it's quite cold outside. Yeah, and it's bush outside. It's a bit creepy, to be honest. And there's probably people... We're on Makeout Hill. Yeah. There's probably people boinking on either side of us. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a lie. My car's next to us, and there's Thanks someone on the other the side of James. <laughs> so, on the other side of James, we're not looking to our right. We're keeping our eyes directly forward on the lookout. There's a much better view forward anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. Because <laughs> there's actually lights, not pitch black. That's true, yeah. It was quite can... scary being here alone while waiting for you to come. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I was going to get kidnapped. Just locked himself in his car. Um, and then I was worried that it hadn't locked, so I tried it again and the light turned on and I'm like, oh my God, everyone can see me now in the car. <laughs> now I'm prey. Yeah. Like, they're all going to come for me. Well, that's when, like, so James dropped me the pin of where to meet earlier today and i was like is that like bush like bush king's park are you taking me out into the bush i got mm. a little worried and then he clarified that it was a lookout so that's fine <laughs> but uh prior to that i was a bit like we're we just gonna go well see if you put it in satellite view you would see that was a yeah but i'm not that technological <laughs> you get it makes me feel like i'm on some sort of mission like i'm some agent for the FBI when you pin drop me stuff because I'm like that's pretty much the concept of this podcast (laughs) meet me at this this random spot this is the mission um, Mm. if you choose to accept it that's what it makes me feel like but I'm not that technological and don't use satellite view so I just type the address in (laughs) Um, so we haven't seen each other in a while so this is like catch up conversation really how are you Tanya? I'm good I'm busy very busy that's right you've been working non-stop yeah, I've kind of I've not had a day off in five or six weeks, so I'm getting a bit delirious. Um, I think it's more just like you need a day to get up at your own time mm-hmm. and not have to be somewhere specifically. 
Um, I think that's what's getting to me. It's not so much the having to work hard and do things. It's just the fact that I have to, I have to get up to be somewhere seven days a week. Like mm-hmm. that's the, and it's all different things, you know. Like so, it's um, but it's fine. Just just get a little. I say with the crazy eyes and a side smile. I'll, I'll live. Now I might try and take a weekend off in a couple of weeks, maybe, and just have a couple a breath- of weeks. Yeah, in a couple of weeks and have a breather. I'm like, I took the day off for my nephew's first birthday that's coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, when's that? When's that? <laughs> I'm trying to calculate when my day off will be, but I'll still be running around after children. So it's fine. It's cool. I'm functioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why I got sick twice. And I, I was just saying like, earlier, I don't get sick. So it's because you don't have time to rest. Look after yourselves, people. Balance is key. I harp on about this to everybody I know, but at the moment I'm not doing very well at that myself. So I need to check myself hmm. because I always before tell you wreck yourself. before I wreck myself because I always tell people off for not balancing themselves, and it's okay too. But yeah, so I'm not being a good advocate for that right now. Oh. But uh, how are you? Are you recovered? Uh, sort of. I mean, I <coughs> not really, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just drove up from. Um, oh yeah, what were you doing down, down south? south? Oh, I was there for Sydney Fest Oz, which is like a What's film that? festival down south. Oh, cool. Whereabouts down south? It's like all over. Like it's mainly in Boston, but it's they have shows on in every little town. Awesome. And do Bunbury. Do you see anything good? Uh, I didn't actually go <laughs> see anything. Oh. I literally went down there and didn't and didn't end up going to see any films. Um, <laughs> my uh, friend had a a show. Um, on where kind of like how I talked about how I had my script reading. She had one down there, so I went down to support that. Oh, cool. And then I could have gone to see some movies today, but <laughs> I was just like, I am just going to not pay money. I'm going to save money and just relax. It yeah, fair and enough. chill out yeah. at my parents' house. Oh, they have a house down south? Yeah. Cool. Well, I that's the thing. I want to take a weekend off and just go down south. Because I feel like I just need a breather away from things, you know. Even and even like I just want to go for it in the trees. I just want to go and hang out in the trees for a while. But when I the earliest I finish, by the time I get anywhere that's a little bit out of the city, it leaves me with like an hour kind of thing, and it's not quite enough because it starts getting dark, mm. and you don't want to be stranded out in the bush. So I haven't. I think that's also why I'm going a bit insane because I haven't had like an, any like outlet to kind of be away from the city kind of thing. So. Have you checked out the um, Venus and Jupiter um, occlusion or whatever they call it? Is that why they're close? Yeah. Like if you see in the east, in the uh, west in the early morning, early evening, this is two bright stars together and it's like, you for a second, you're like, is that UFOs? Uh, yeah, because I noticed earlier tonight that they were really close together and I was like, are they always that close together or once they're just not as bright? Um, I think Mercury is around there as well. Oh, awesome. No, I didn't know that that was a thing, but I did notice. I was observant and noticed it. But um, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was going to say. So, oh no, you're back at work, yeah? When did you get back from Melbourne? So you're in Melbourne. How was it? I got back at the start of the month. Then I was sick (laughs) for two weeks and then this week. Great communication. Pun? I said we've had great communication. <laughs> so have you been converted to a hipster? Is that what Melbourne did to you? How did no, you like I, it? It was basically hell on earth. What? I just 
can't get over how bad Melbourne is. Really? You didn't like it? Because I remember you I were mean, like, I'm not sure. I'll see when I get there. I'll give it another chance kind of thing when last time we spoke. Yeah, and I mean, really I mean, like I was having, I had a pretty amazing experience in that, that I was in the central CBD in like a five-star hotel. Oh, yeah. Going to movies. Sounds terrible. And talks. Terrible, and, James. Um, you know, lots of free alcohol. And um, so it should be amazing, right? But you realize that you're just in this dump of a place <laughs> in terms of location, um, you know, I'm sure if Melbourne was in a better location, it might be an okay city, but it's like, it was just raining. It was cold. Oh. Everyone's a smoker there. So the, the really? walking along the, or at least they're all out of the building cause they can't smoke inside. So they're all on the right. sidewalk. So you're just walking through smog. <laughs> I'm sure that sea. happens here. All these smokers it? and all the, the pollution from the cars as well. Oh yeah, it is. But it's mainly the smokers cause I mean, they have trams and stuff. So it's a bit cleaner than Perth is, mm. but it, doesn't feel cleaner. And you didn't like the vibe, though? Oh, just so many homeless people. It felt really? like I was in a third world country. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, I haven't been in since I was like 12 or 13, so I don't, yeah. I don't I'm really I'm sure if you're out in the suburbs, you know, I mean, there's homeless people in Perth CBD, but... Yes, that's true. You're not out, you don't have to step over them. Um, yeah. Because there's that many. Yeah, and if you didn't go out to the suburbs and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you know, because I was there for the Melbourne Industry Film Festival, they have big crowds, so it's fun. It was fun seeing, Mel- um, you know, these movies with an audience. I mean, I had just come from the Re- Perth Revelation International Film Festival, which mm-hmm. there was good seeing movies with crowds. So um, hmm. I think the only difference was that the, some of the smaller movies have big crowds rather than Perth. You only get big crowds for the more popular movies. Hmm. So there's like, you know, people say, oh, there's great culture in um Melbourne. In Melbourne, but I don't know if it's worth the sacrifice of living in a terrible city. Mm. Controversial. I can't really comment because I haven't been in so long, but I wonder if you'll get any hate for that. <laughs> so how was the actual film festival itself, though? Was it good? I The thing is, people will take... The people might have hate it, but they're, they're people who are delusional. They either live in Perth and they are like, oh, Melbourne's so cool because I go there and I do some shopping and I have so much fun. <laughs> and I come True. back to Boring or Perth. Well, yeah, Boring or Perth because it's your home and yeah, you've got all these burdens on you, like your family and friends and stuff like that. That's <laughs> Such what's... burdens. Your family and friends. Your support system is terrible. It's a burden. No, but I mean, there's emotional baggage like you've got yes. you run in, might run into an ex an ex <laughs> yeah. on the street and or you you got to uh, make sure your um your grandfather gets to his doctor's appointment to get his scans done and yeah yeah um you got to go back to your job rather than people only go to melbourne and to have fun yeah because it's they're on holiday and they're spending money they're not saving money they're spending money and then they come back and say, oh, Melbourne was so amazing. Yeah. If you go there to have fun, you can, any city on the planet, if you go there with the attitude of, I'm going to have fun, you can have fun. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's true. You can have a good time wherever you are. You make you make your fun. But well. I think if I, if, I was, if I was going to a, like a festival, if I was, I feel like it, I'm trying to take myself out of my own shoes put myself in like a European shoes and you have a choice of going somewhere to like for a festival, I would way prefer to come to 
Perth in January and February and go to the summer arts festivals. Mm. Spend the summer here, go down south, have some wine, go up north. Well, you can't really go up north in the cyclone season, but... <laughs> um, what, then go It's just, just so much more a pleasant place to hang out. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I walked through the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. They were pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I remember those as a kid. I think my mum used to work near there. So I think we used to go there quite a bit. Like a family trip. Yeah. And Melbourne's like way more awesome than Sydney. Because at least it's interesting. Run Sydney is probably has all Melbourne's problems, but it's boring. <laughs> and the te- people there are terrible. I don't know. I mean, I had a good time in Sydney. They like rugby. Well, they barely like rugby. I was there for like four days and I just kind of, I was there for a job interview and then I caught up with people that I met when I was traveling in Europe. So I had a pretty good time in Sydney, <laughs> but I didn't do Sydney things as such. I just kind of more hung out with people. I had a Harry Potter exhibition at the time and I made someone come with me. <laughs> that was good. Hmm. Um, but speaking of Harry Potter... Have you, are you in, are you into Harry Potter? No. Never, never have been? Don't even know what it's about. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. You're lying. Nope. You know what it's about. How can you have I know gone, what it's about. It's how, kind of like Lord of the Rings, right? No. <laughs> how can you have twi- not, It's like Lord of the Rings, the cluster of Twilight. No, it's not. How can you, how could you have gone through life and not even know what it's about? You don't have to like it so much, but like not knowing what it's about? That's crazy. Um, I just don't know anything about. It. I know there's like Hogwarts, yeah, the type of good. hog, I guess. No, and they ride them. In no, battle. you're lying. You know what it is. No, I don't. I honestly don't. <laughs> oh my god! If you haven't read the books, haven't seen the movies, haven't watched the trailers for the movies, how would you know? Oh, but how have you missed that? Um, because like I think by the how time I, I guess the you're books a bit older, aren't out, you? Um, I was too old for the books. Mm. And then when the movies came out, they were like um, crappy special effects things that arguably aren't as good as the book. So why would I see the well, Harry Potter movie? Yeah. Well, I guess I, I grew up with them. Kids. So I kind of, they were like at the exact age, I think, that it came, the first one came out. I think yeah. I was about their age. So I know. Like, here's the thing is there's some things that I'm like, oh, I would never get into, but then. I've I've said this on the podcast before, and but I would, if someone told me gave me some hook that I would find interesting about it, I would have to watch. I wouldn't. My curiosity wouldn't let me ignore it. <laughs> yes. Like I've seen Gossip Girl. Like <laughs> that's a good show. All of them, just because, <laughs> and it's a terrible, terrible show. <laughs> but someone sold me on the character. This character called Blair. Oh yeah, Waldorf. she's she's a good character though. Yeah, she's like accidentally a she's, good character. Yes, like, yeah, she's. This a good is character. the worst show on earth that has the. Drama, it makes Home and Away look like Oscar-winning drama. Oh, it's not that bad. Um, But they have this interesting (laughs) character, Blair Water, who's like a bad girl come good Yeah, no, she's she's a very interesting character. Yeah. I don't like Serena. No, Serena is the Home and Away kind of rubbish. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, But, well, basically, Harry Potter, they, you know how, so have you heard that they bought, that they made a play? Yeah. Yeah. So the cursed child or whatever. So they released the script in book form. 
Oh, yeah. People at MIF were literally, as we're walking from when we moved to the other, were like, oh, I've got to go into this bookshop to get this new book. And Yeah. I mean, I did like Big W had them for $15 on the day they came out. And I was at work and I sent my mum to get it because I was like, 15 bucks is so cheap. I was like, yes, I will go get it on the first day. And it's like, if you can sit there and read it. If you sat there for solidly, you could read it in three hours, like if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, or, well doesn't help that you're not a Harry Potter fan. Don't but basically, you want to wait and see the actual play? No, because um, I doubt it's ever going to come here. <laughs> One, and I'd have to fly over to London to see it, um, which, I mean, gives me an excuse. Well, they've published the play now. Can, can you just perform it? No, because it's not. Um, there's like a disclaimer at the front that says you are not to perform this under any circumstances oh kind of thing. Yeah. How well, pathetic. Well, you know, um, but apparently the actual play itself... Because before they bought the... <laughs> the fact that they have to say that at the start of the book. Well, because people are going to, aren't they? Yeah. And like the... Um, they bought the book. They should be able to do whatever they want. Well, they had... As long um, as they don't sell tickets to it. Oh, well. That's what most people would do, though. Would they not? They'd get people right, to buy but they tickets. Right, but if they don't have a license to do the play, then they can't do it for Well, I'm sure people would probably profit. just put it on for fun. But yeah, you can't really... Yeah. Um, but like the whole thing is obviously it's been playing in London for a few months now and, um, people are trying not to give spoilers away of what happens because obviously not everyone can see it. Mm. So whenever there's been reviews on it online, basically just talks about how they've gone about the play. Um, so it's really nice to be able to like connect them, I guess, but apparently the actual staging of this is phenomenal. Like, so there's this stuff called polyjuice potion, which transforms you into another person. Mm. Um, and they, the transformation happens like on stage, like their face morphs and like all these different, like how they've done all, it's basically magic on stage. So apparently it's incredible. Yeah. yeah my sister yeah. saw it. The, oh, uh, did she? she? Did she like it? Oh, she was talking about the magic on stage. It was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> but, um, all right. The, the interesting thing I found about this was people were talking about, oh, it's, you know, it was hard reading the format. Oh my God. I don't understand what's so hard about it. But didn't people, people, people read, after, you have to, in but, in high school, you had to read Shakespeare and uh, um, Oscar Wilde. Yeah, but not not everyone, unless if you did TE English, generally you had to. You might have had to have read a little bit in high school. But the thing, like, I don't understand why people are getting shitty about it being a script. I'm like, it tells you, there's stage direction. Like, what they say is what they say. And if there's a point where someone's meant to cry or someone's meant to exit this way or bump into someone, there's stage direction. You can visualize it. Like, yes, obviously, like as an actor, like reading the script makes sense to me, but it's still very clear. It just doesn't have the waffled like detail uh, that yeah. a book I'm does. I'm not saying that scripts are a good format, a medium. No, it just, it just, made, it just annoyed me that people got shitty I find it hard to believe it. some people, this is their first time reading a, reading a play because I'm pretty sure we read plays just oh. in like year eight mm. at high school. I guess so, but it's probably a long time for them in between. Or some people are saying that kids. I bet you it was a lot easier to understand than Romeo and Juliet. Well, exactly. It definitely was. You know, Um, but it was nice. I mean, I got teary at one point. But I guess because again, that's because I've grown up with all of them. So like the I'm so attached to the characters, and it's about Harry's son. So they're all like twenty years older or something. So it's um, it's different take on it. Um, but yeah, that was my, I got excited about the new Harry Potter. And he, so he banged Hermione. Who no, he got with, um, Ron's sister. 
So he's best friend's sister. There's the best friend's sister. So Harry met Ron and Hermione like on the train to Hogwarts, like the very first day, and they were besties since. Um, so he, yeah, so Ron had a sister and he ends up marrying the sister, and then Ron and Hermione get together in the end and have kids. So yeah, it's interesting in that sense. Um, well, because the actress as well in London that plays Hermione, the older Hermione, is black. And they were saying, like, you know, obviously because she's not in the films, how it's with, there was like a bit of chat about that. And I was like, oh, it's ridiculous. She can be whoever whoever she wants to be. Like, mm. doesn't have to reflect the, the film as such because it's a separate entity, like, for that. You know, otherwise you'd have to find Emma Watson lookalikes, but older kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I found that, I th- like, when they released it, like the cast a few months back, I thought it was really interesting because people were like tweeting JK Rowling being like, you know, um, you know, do you condone this kind of thing? And she was like, of course I do. Like, <laughs> can be whoever you want to be. Like, it's up to their interpretation. Um, yes. So I thought that was interesting. Transitioning to, I'll just quickly transition to my, my topic of the week. Oh, okay. Um, because it relates to what you're saying. Right, okay. But did you hear the furor? Is that a word? What? The hub, uh, hullabaloo. Oh, uh, yeah. A- about <laughs> um, people yeah. writing scripts and having, describing a woman who's pretty but doesn't know it. Why was there hullabaloo about that? Well, it's uh, sexist. Well, like in what context? So someone wait. So someone's in, written a script. It should be blacklisted from Hollywood sexist. Oh, uh, okay, right. That's so. No, I haven't heard. Is this was this like a story that recently came out, or like a, or is they it just, were just a general? There was this, some guy was sort of going through scripts and how they, how a, a female character was described in scripts, and he was just gathering the stats of all these mm-hmm. scripts he was going through. Yeah, and on, all these women are like you know the women who's like the sort of hero is she's always pretty but doesn't know it right um i don't necessarily think that's sexist anyway but i think that's a myth right there's no such thing as a woman who's oh, is pretty that, and doesn't oh know is it. that what you're trying to get at no that's what i'm trying to get at but okay that i was like you don't care about it being sexist you yeah, just want I don't to care get about to the point okay i was like i don't necessarily just to, on that point i don't necessarily think it's sexist because it's a character description you could easily describe the male character that way too. I'm guessing the fact that they yeah, don't. Yeah, why would you need to describe someone as pretty? Because it, well, because well, we'll describe someone as pretty. Because unless you say they're ugly, won't you just assume that you're going to cast a pretty person? Mm, well, no, because they could. part of the character of them being who they want like might be that they've cast them in specifically to not be... Like and again, it's in the eye of the beholder. So that person could be stunning to someone else and average to someone else. So like, mm. it's whoever casts them. But I think the whole point of saying, oh, if someone's I think you're pretty- saying when you're just saying if it's a it's a Hollywood film script and you're and you don't give a description of what they look like, they're gonna cast a pretty person. Oh, of course. They're only that's, gonna ha- cast an ugly person part. if you actually deliberately put it in. So it's kind of oh. redundant to say that. But the reason they're saying it is because that's a character description. But is there really, in real life, this is where I'm getting at, mm-hmm. um, and the reason I bring this up is because my f- female friend's script had this description, and I thought it was ironic that she had <laughs> done all these right. things that are 
been said a sexist, you're not allowed to do. But it was a, a woman who did And like, if I had said that in my script, I would have gotten in big trouble. But in real life, there's not no such thing as a girl who's pretty and does not. Because in this world, right, if you're pretty every, and you walk, if you're a girl and you're pretty, just even the slightest bit pretty and mm. you walk into a room, every guy there is like, eh, I'd probably, I'll be looking and going, I'd probably bang her. But you wouldn't say that to her, would you? No, but you so can look at So how does she pick up on that? Right. That doesn't happen. What do you mean? They might think it, but it's not like, it's not like in a film where they've walked into the room and everyone just stops dead and looks at them. If they're remotely pretty, that doesn't happen. No, but everyone's, you, you can tell when someone's looking at you, sizing you up, right? You can if they're intentionally doing so. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't. Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes well, I... Well, I'm pretty sure if you know. went to a restaurant, stood up on a table, was like, hey, does anyone want to bang me? You'll get <laughs> a lot of, you know, or, uh, the only reason the guy wouldn't put his hand up mm-hmm. is because he's with another girl and he's embarrassed to... Yeah, but then someone who, you know, you could say the same for... That could just be a guy. But a guy, yeah, but a good-looking guy. She's offering. A good-looking no, guy can get on the table oh. and... A good-looking guy could get on the table and you d- wouldn't get as many... Uh, yeah, but that's that comes to the that comes down to the whole guys will fuck anything, won't they? If they're offering. If she's mm, offering, if yeah. she gets on the table and she offers, she could be, you know, to, their, to them, not very attractive, but she's offering, so sure... You know, whereas females tend to be a little more on the modest side when it comes to, yes, a very attractive male could get up and be throwing himself, but they might mm. not necessarily. So, you think it's it's possible for a girl to be pretty but not not? I think so. I think so. It'd be a rarity, but I think it's possible because, yeah, they... From a third person's perspective. Yeah. Because obviously you you can be pretty and you could be hate yourself. So you're like, oh, you're so ugly, you're so ugly. Exactly. So that's. But a- you would be. But from a a third person's perspective, from the audience's perspective, yeah, you wouldn't know that. Um. Yeah. No, I think it's possible because some people, I don't know. It depends if they're like ridiculously like off the chain. Mm. But Hot. okay, and again, then you would know. The only the situation where people, that might happen is if she hates herself so much that she's like, "I, I can't believe I'm pretty because I'm awful." But then, but what's, what's if that? Pretty? That means if if that's the only way that really happens in the real world, mm. that puts a whole new connotation on that character. We meant to, if we see that in in a description of a character that she's pretty and does not, should we just assume that she hates herself? That she has self loathing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> I think what that could that could that could bring about that, that she's damaged. That could bring about mm. other connotations, not necessarily yeah. like direct self-loathing. But you know, I think it's possible. But at the same time, it what's pretty? Mm. To what level do we say that somebody's pretty? Mm. Like, oh, they're you know, they're like, oh, they've got a pretty face, or they've got pretty eyes, or they have a pretty mm. feature, or are they stunning, like hot, attractive? Yeah, like it's. I think it'd be very rare that you found a hot because those kind of people, those like off the charts, like ridiculously stunning human beings, mm. they would be the ones that would you would walk into a restaurant and overtly have people turn their heads to look at you. Mm. Whereas if you're, you know, different to other people, like they might not necessarily mm. all look at you. You might get one or two or, you know, and in that case, do you realise that there are one or two people looking at you? If you walk into a restaurant and everyone does it, you're going to notice, right? Mm. So it's a different, like, what's pretty? 
Yeah, but it's not like it's not like everyone just turns their heads. Whoa! It's, <laughs> no, but it's just but over the course of the night, everyone's had a glance and sized you up and go, "Oh yeah, I, I might, might, well, I might yeah, give her but... a bit of a a booty boo." Mm, no, I think it's possible. It's a rarity, but I think it's possible. Um. But anyway, what I think when people are putting that scene description in is they want someone who's so down to earth that you know she's completely oblivious to the fact that she's attractive because yeah. she's so such a good person and, yes. but she's still really hot and that that's like a mere mythical character because I just don't think that <laughs> exists. Yeah, they're mythical, they're not real. Well, that's that's the I think it's more to cover their own ass as well mm. because if they have I mean, just, someone if who's, you're a beautiful woman, you wield so much power. You live a completely different life well, to someone else. But that's what I mean. Like, I think it's to cover part of Hollywood's own ass because they're like, well, if we depict these stunningly attractive people as being humble and not knowing that they're attractive, well, yeah. then, you know, like, it's not it's not for their own, like, to, to from so much for a character trait as it is for their own benefit. Mm. <laughs> like... Um, you know, them trying to make them relatable. But you know what? I've noticed that that's more of a thing now, like not casting the supreme being as the lead constantly. Like it still happens, obviously. But in saying that, the people that aren't – like I'm going to say supreme being in inverted commas because, again, it's to the eye of the beholder. You know, but those people are still – very, very attractive. They're not, mm. it's not like they're a lesser, but they're just more, you know, like they say, girl next door or, you know, that kind of, all of that kind of vibe. But like, that's their look. But it's like, so what's, it just is what's popular at the time. But I've noticed they've started casting that bit more of quirky. Yeah. You know, that kind of, oh, look, it's even more down to earth. Look. But then those people will still, you'd see them on the red carpet in their dress or whatever else, and you'd still be like, oh my God. These are, you know, beautiful people. So it's, um, yeah, that's interesting. It's a good, it's yeah, a see, good point. I think in Australia they don't like oh, casting. On that though, people. that actually segues into something else that I wrote down to talk about. So a couple of weeks ago I was uh, just flicking through Facebook and there was an article called How to Date Somebody Hotter Than You. And I saw the title and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Who writes this shit? Mm-hmm. Like... But then curiosity got the better of me because I wanted to see... Sorry, the title again? How to date someone hotter than you. Yeah, okay. And so curiosity got the better of me and I'm like, is it going to be like a list of how to? Like, how stupid. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was actually very interesting. So basically it was a um, like a blogger who was writing about an experiment that she did in her evolutionary psychology class. Yeah. And um, so it was an experiment that had like 15 men and women and they were each given a number, like just randomly, mm-hmm. between one and ten. And um, they were given a time frame and they had to put their numbers on their heads so they didn't know what their number was. Yeah. And they had to go around and their mission was that everyone in the room had to find their tens. Yeah. And partner off with the ten so that by the time the time frame was over, you would be with the ten. And the tens um, in what? As in like the highest, like hottest Rating, right? And I was so like, the number was allocated to them based on their attractiveness, or was it completely random? It was their number was given to them by the random, but the basis was that one to ten, ten being the hottest, one yeah. being the least, right? So, but they were given it to them at random. Um, so these people weren't necessarily hot. No, they were just in the class. Yeah. 
Anyway, so they've like walked around and as you're walking around trying to communicate with people, you you quickly get a sense of where you sit on the spectrum. If you go mm-hmm. up to a 10 as a 2, oh, go away because then you're not um, – but then if you are the 10 or the 9 or the 8, people start flocking to you because you've got the highest number and that was your – that was the goal of the time frame, right? Yeah. So you quickly begin to learn who is who. And now, uh, by the end of the experiment, weirdly enough, the lower numbers roughly ended up together within mm-hmm. like one point. Um, and one of the tens matched with a nine kind of thing. But the other one, the other ten was so busy racking everyone else off that by the end of the time frame, she was left with a two. Mm. Because she was trying to find... Deflecting everyone Deflecting everyone else. else. Yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. And the whole point being, so I like, I screenshot the end of this. So, you know Megan Fox? Yeah. So, she's dating uh, Brian Green, who was on 90210 like years yeah. ago. Um, but she started dating him. So, they started dating when she was 18 and he was 31. Long before she realized how high the number on her forehead was and how low his would become. Just like the show that made him famous, his celebrity started with a nine but would end with a zero. Yet it doesn't matter. Thanks to his excellent timing, he will die happy. Oh, yeah. So, the whole point of it was like it depends on when you meet people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, ladies, do just the opposite. Patience is key. I guess you can think of romance as a big epic game of musical chairs. The men are just walking around in circles like idiots in their 20s, not realizing how pointless the endeavor is until the music stops. And when it does stop, whatever chair they're next to becomes the greatest chair in the world. In other words, be next to a hot guy when the music stops. There's a good chance he'll sit on you. I just thought that was so good. (laughs) I was like, that's fantastic. And like, (laughs) um, she was saying, you know, also, that's why it's quite common for people to maybe have dated for like seven years or something mm. in their 20s and then the female gets fed up and she's like, you know, you're not going to marry me, so let's break up. Mm. And then maybe the next year or so, the next person he dates, he marries straight away within yeah. a year. And that's quite happens a lot because they reach that age where it's like 30. And, you know, yeah. I was like, it's so interesting. And I just thought the articles prove such a point as to like... You know, obviously, you're not given that small amount of time frame as they had, but um, yeah. So I thought me being curiosity getting the better of me of a stupid article, what I thought was just really interesting. And I was telling everyone about it. I was like, "This is great." You sit next to them, he'll sit on you. Like that's that's what's going to happen. The hot men will sit on you. Um, so that was my article thing that I read. That was cool. Um, I also read the girl on the train. Have you seen the trailer for that? With Emily Blunt. Yep, yep. Did see the trailer for that. Yeah. Um, I read the, I was like, I want to read the book before it comes out because it looks very well, gone, that gone girl esque. Huh? It just spoils the movie, doesn't it? Yeah, but it looks very gone girl esque. So I wanted to see the difference as well because Gone Girl was slightly different to the movie as well. Yeah. Um, the, my main annoyance with it is that the girl on the train is set in America and it's in the book, it's um, in London, like mm. outskirts of London. Um, so that annoyed me because I was like, well, and I read an article today that they were like, people should stop complaining that it's set in America because they're trying to outline the fact of how, like, you know, in, in England, it's not that shameful if you're an alcoholic, whereas in America, it's very embarrassing and they mm. want to really outline the difference between being, cause she's an alcoholic, the chicken it. So yeah. like, she's an unreliable witness, which you get from the trailer that I didn't spoil that for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so um yeah it's kind of it's good I, I enjoyed the book it's like diary entries mm. from different points of view sort of book so and then they meet up and stuff 
but I won't ruin it for you. Are you interested in seeing it? I looked at the trailer because mm. I'm like, well, this could be interesting. Girls on trains are pretty hot. <laughs> and um, It's a sinister take on a girl on the train. It looked a bit... It looked like the movie could... I could see where the movie's going to fall down. Oh. When I first saw the trailer, it was more just like, this looks like Gone Girl. If it has the same ending, I'll be annoyed. And um, and I didn't quite get it because it, like, in terms of the trailer, like mm. now that I've read the book, when I watch the trailer, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. But not having read it, I didn't think they quite gave enough away. Yeah. Like they just made her look really namp and like stressed out. Like I think they need to give the fact that she is an unreliable witness because she's an alcoholic a bit more. You don't mm. have to know why she's an alcoholic. Just the fact that she is what is more intriguing than making her look like she's just not interesting, like in the scheme of things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it ends, it's it's an unexpected ending, but then you could have seen it as well. So it's, yeah, that's all I'll say. Yeah. I used to work at a liquor store and um, this very attractive woman would, come in like every other day I don't think it was every day mm. and buy um, a bottle of Bacardi uh, like a two litre bowl of Diet Coke and a packet of menthol cigarettes mm. and I'm like I, she I'm guessing she's a, like a raging alcoholic to be able to drink that much in, in every couple of days do you know what I mean like yeah See that would that would make me sad working in a. Um... I'm like, I want to know. It just it just makes you so curious. Like, what made them that way? Because everyone else who was that badly alcoholic were just like, you know, like they just did not have their stuff together. Yet she did. She seemed to be like a very functioning alcoholic. Oh, alcoholic. okay. So you were just like, well, I want to know what her story is. Yeah. As it, like, what's wrong Do you with know what I mean? Like, uh, literally, some guys who came in as regular as him had like cockroaches crawling on them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gross. Do you know what I mean? There's a big that's difference a, between that's this some good imagery right there, though. And a cockroach, man. Yeah. Um. How do we get? <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about were, the character was an alcoholic. Yes, yeah. she's an alcoholic. Um. Yeah. So that was my other read. Since I spoke to you last. Um, what else have I got written on here? Jared Leto. What do you think of Jared Leto? In general. As an actor. I don't really have an opinion. No? He's, um, I think I wrote that because um, I read something about his like method mm. acting for like the Joker stuff. Yeah. And uh, he was saying how, you know, he'd test the laugh out in public to see what got the response. Yeah. That he wanted. And I'm like, I, I love it when people do stuff like that. I really do. But then um, there's too much method. Yeah. I didn't like sometimes. Like, that's fine. But, you know, he was in Joker the whole time he was on set. The problem with that, I haven't seen it's the movie, but just based on the pictures of him, is like the tattoos he have are so cheesy. Like, you know, he has damage just written on his forehead. And there's other bits... If you look at the detail, they're just so ridiculous, these tattoos, that it's impossible. There's no way other than some makeup artist who was, or costume designer who was desperate to make this guy look edgy and 
crazy would have ever got this mm. combination of tattoos together. Yeah, I guess so. It's amazing how the costume just ruined. I wouldn't be able to take his character seriously. Well, I mean, the Joker character is always that kind of out there sort of, you know, smeared face. Like, in normal life, he wouldn't take that seriously. Mm. So, I guess that's the reflection of it. I, I mean, that movie got really bad reviews. Did you see it? I haven't seen it, but I wanted to when I when I saw the trailer and stuff because I quite like comic book sort of stuff and I did like the idea of them being villains and, um, you know, I really I really did. But everyone just kept saying it was shit, and I haven't had a chance to go and see it yet. But the reviews are really bad. Like apparently they were trying to get stuff taken off of Rotten Tomatoes because mm. it was so bad. Yeah, like the reviews on there were terrible. I was like, wow, there's a, there are a lot of haters, or it actually was bad. Instead of going to see I rented Batman versus Superman, and that was so bad. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't like... seen that one. I didn't bother. I was like, no, thanks. Oh, my God. Like, the 10th Batman and Superman thing. It's like when they redid Spider-Man. I was like, why? Which one? Well, the amazing Spider-Man. The one with um, Emma Stone and... What's the other dude? He's already been replaced, hasn't Andrew he? Garfield. Yeah, but I mean, like, from Tobey Maguire, how they yeah. did those three films... And then they did The Amazing Spider-Man. It wasn't that far apart, like, from when they released the other three. Yeah. It's too soon. Like, you didn't, it wasn't necessary. And then to have them as different Spider-Man. Like, if they brought back Tobey Maguire and did more storyline, like, sure. But mm. the fact that they're completely, like, different cast, there's no link. And it's just, let's call it The Amazing Spider-Man as opposed to Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and I really liked the original Spider-Man. I think I only, I've only seen the first... Amazing Spider-Man, I the think. The best thing about it is he had organic web slingers. Like, in the the middle one, he has, like, like he built his own web slingers and stuck them on his arm. And it's just like, what? So he gets every power from a spider except the ability to <laughs> sling his own oh, web. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every other ability. Radioactive spider. Um, and there's, like, there's just so many of them now. I have seen like a billion movies because I've been going to film festivals and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, so the Louis Theroux documentary I talked about that. Oh, yeah. So I was going to go see that, but you saw it. Was it good? Talk to me. Um, No, it was not good. Really? Because normally I enjoy your stuff as well. Bit of Louis. Um. Yeah, well, because he is, is on Scientology, but he couldn't get access to Scientology. So the whole his whole stick is that he gets to go and live with the family or stay with the, the person he's documenting, you know. Okay. But he couldn't do that this time. He sort of had this guy who had left Scientology and they got some actors together and they try and uh, recreate scenes that he witnessed while he was in Scientology. Oh, so um, it's not even that reliable because it's just a recreation of what someone says. Well, who knows? I mean, you will never, you will never really. It's such a secretive organization that yeah. you never really. So what kind of what kind evidence. of scenes did they have? Pardon? What kind of scenes were they like? Oh, just people. The the head guy yelling at people. The scenes weren't that amazing. Oh okay. Um. <laughs> so the Love Witch, which I definitely recommend. Love Witch. This is that Revelation. I think it was at Miff as well, but uh, not while I was there. Um, but yeah, it's Is anyone I know in it. No, it's um, 
it's like sort of uh, it's a movie about a witch and it's done as <laughs> okay. kind of like a, a B movie, kind of like a sort of Austin Powers. Oh, it's intentionally a B movie. Yeah, then. intentionally a B movie. Right. Um, and she, this girl, she's like this absolutely stunningly beautiful woman who's the witch. And, um, you know, how, I guess it's like, what if Bewitched was R-rated in a way? Okay. And, um, you know, she seduces men and then, you know, knocks them off and stuff like that. And, um... <laughs> oh, wait, so she she reels them in and then kills them like a widow spider. Yeah, she doesn't kill them, like, because she, she's... She sort of accidentally kills them, you know. It's like, oops, oh, damn it, I killed How does she accidentally kill them? Well, you'll see it in the movie. And, um... <laughs> okay. But it's, it's it's sort of a real feminist thing as well. Like, she makes some of her potions with her used tampon and stuff like that. And, um, oh. okay. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it, if you sit, I don't, it probably won't come to Perth again as a festival thing. If you're out there and it's at a festival and you go see what it all is, cause it's, mm. um, it's just love, which yeah, people are just this nervous laughter throughout it. Cause it's just so <laughs> cheesy. Oh yeah. Um, but if you're a guy, just go and watch this beautiful woman all night long. It's amazing. <laughs> I um I've seen Swiss Army Man. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. Have you seen it? At Revelation. No, I saw it just at the Luna. Um, because they played it. They just played it like as a thing after, I guess. Um, yeah. and I had, we had the cinema to ourselves, so I could comment loudly as we watched it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like I'd read, I'd seen the trailer for it ages ago, and then I read the um, synopsis like again just before we went it because I was like okay and then I reread I was like okay a flatulent corpse Mm -hmm. takes him back to the mainland after he's been he's stranded on an island and is about to kill himself and then Mm. he makes friends with said corpse and like it just when you just read it like that it sounds stupid Um, but it had like good reviews I was like you know what I'll (laughs) I'll go see it. it it'll be interesting either way um, but there were moments at the beginning where I was like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, like fun, like cheerfully, not like mm. actually, not angry, but just like, what is this? Because he'd just start singing along with like the music in the background randomly or like, um, but it was actually like, it, it was very clever. Like it, I genuinely didn't know where the film was going by the end of it. So I was like, I don't know what, what's, what is this? Like. Where is it? How's it going to finish? I genuinely didn't know. And yeah, again, they did such a great job at <laughs> making this camaraderie between a corpse and like a slightly deranged man from, um, yeah. So it was interesting. I, I go watch it. I feel like you'd enjoy it. Um, I was on at Rev and Myth and I missed it. I didn't go see it either place. No, it was great. And obviously it's just Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe for the whole thing. Mm. Um, so, and Daniel Radcliffe's the corpse. So he has a lot of a uh, kind of stiff body work than he does in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um, I binge watched Stranger Things, which is now <gasps> old. I mean, I watched it I know. Like- I still haven't gotten around to watching it though. I really want to binge watch it. 
Yeah. I, I, the, the day it came out, it was like a rainy day, so I just sat down and watched the whole thing. It was like the best day of my life. So it's really and, good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to overhype it. For, okay. Well, you haven't sold it to me. I've been mean to binge watch it, but I haven't uh, I saw The Gift. It's an Australian film. I think it's on Stan, maybe on Netflix. I don't Is know. it old? Uh, no, it came out last year with Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall and Joel Egerton. Um, really good oh, movie, I recommend actually, it. Directed by Joel Egerton. Is it? Or Edgerton. I think it's Edgerton. Edgerton? Yeah. <laughs> Joel Edgerton. Um, I remember that trailer coming out roughly last yeah. year. I mean, the, the, you know, the poster and the description don't really sell it, but yeah, it's a good movie. Great movie. Go see it. Rebecca Hall, what else is she in? I feel like she's in a couple of things I've watched recently that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, recently she was in BFG. Not seen it. Transcendence. Oh, uh, actually. Depp, Iron Man yes. 3. Yeah, I remember in Transcendence. The Awakening. That's on Netflix. I saw that. I don't see The Town. No. Everything Must Go with <gasps> Will Ferrell when she's, he's on Living on the Lawn. So do you, how do you feel about M. Night Shyamalan? His first... Three movies are amazing. What is does that include the village? Yeah. Yeah. I not a huge sixth sense fan, but Unbreakable Signs and The Village amazing films. Well, so he's got a new one coming out. Have you seen the trailer? No, is that called The Gift as well? No, it's called uh Split, I think, All is right. what it's called. But it's got James McAvoy and firstly I love James McAvoy. I think he's an amazing actor. Um but I watched, go home and watch the trailer, but basically he's got 27 personalities. And right. I imagine as an actor picking up that script, you'd just be like rubbing your hands together. Like, mm. um, but he like abducts a couple of girls, but you don't really get what he wants them for because of all these personalities. So mm-hmm. um, that's part of like the terror of it, obviously. But um, yeah, so I'm pretty keen to go and see that when that comes out because... I feel like he'll do every movie a he makes job. is worse than last. Apparently, is what is worse, worse. than last. Oh, uh, well, you know, maybe James McAvoy can bring it back. I don't know, but uh, but still, I was a bit like I could see that there was you know split personality thing going on. But someone in the trailer is like he has twenty seven personalities. I'm like that's a bit like that's excessive. Like Jesus, that's a lot. Like normally there's a few. Like twenty seven is excessive. Yeah. Um. But I'm sure, obviously, there's some mass twist at the end. I haven't seen The Village in years. I don't think I've seen Signs. Yeah, I love, love the soundtrack to The Village or the score. It's amazing. Mm. Um, James Newton Hound. Um, I saw Shame. Is that, that old? Michael Fassbender. Oh, I've seen thing. that. I, that was that's intense. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I think I watched that in London. It's got Carrie Mulligan in it as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was that's intense movie, but that um, was when I first noticed Michael Fassbender. Like I'd seen him in a couple of other things before that, but not really grabbed my attention. And then I saw him in that and was like, "Oh!" And then started noticing him for other things. So I'll do a very quick run through of Melbourne International Film Festival. Um, on the plane over, watch Midnight Special. It's kind of like this kid has powers and people are trying to. The government's trying to kidnap him and people trying to save him and it's kind of like a, a bit like a Spielberg kind of E.T. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a bit like Stranger Things, really. Um, then opening night, saw Death and Life of Otto Bloom. It's sort of like a time travel thing where this guy, um, he his body ages in like normal, like a normal person, but his brain is running in reverse. It's really confusing, and that's the problem of the movie is you sit there the whole time trying to do the maths of what the hell is happening. He's he, yeah, his brain is backwards. So when he and um, when he dies, he has the mind of an infant. Mm-hmm. But when people first discover him, he has the mind of an old man. When do they first discover him, though? Like at birth or? No, he sort of just turns up when he's 20 or so. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> Convenient. And he, uh, and it's possible that he had, you know, he, he, his mind starts getting Alzheimer's, so he just sort of disappears as he gets younger, uh, as he's younger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just really confusing. Now, wouldn't he become more lucid as he got Older then? If he started off with... He gets less lucid because he's... No, if he started off with Alzheimer's, if his old old brain is old, then as he ages physically and gets younger, he would be more lucid, would he not? Because his mind, he's losing memories as he goes. So he knows, when you meet you, he knows you, who you are, but he slowly um, forgets you. Because if if he was living in real time, he would be getting to know you better. But he's actually getting to know you less as you go on. Mm. So when you first meet him, he knows you really well, and he starts to get, know you less and less and less. <laughs> it's just it's just a terrible okay. movie because oh, it's terrible. Isn't the it? whole audience is sitting there trying to wait. What state is he in right now? Oh, okay. So you're um, like overthinking it. Um, saw sunset song. That's kind of like a period drama set in Scotland, I think, just before World Scotland. War One, and like everyone ends up going to World War One and dying or something. So it's kind of depressing. Um, uh, Lo and Behold, Reveries of a Connected World, which is Werner Herzog's new film, amazing, amazing. But everything he does is pretty amazing. Um, this is the Neon Demon, which is a new film by. Um, the guy who did Drive and the Pusher Trilogy, his name has a weird European name. Um, Nicholas Winding Refern. Oh, I can't help you there. Um, it's um, not Elle Fanning. Okay. She is a, she's turned up in LA to be a model and it's sort of a bit of a horror film about being a model in LA and people taking advantage of you and literally eating oh. you alive and stuff like that. Oh, um, okay. And it's just ridiculous and the audience was like laughing at how bad it was. Oh, no. I saw Personal Shopper was Kirsten Stewart and that film was... What one? Sorry, Personal Shopper. Yeah. Is that the German one? It's was like French, I think. French or something? Yeah. Was it... How was that? I think I saw the trailer for it once and yeah, it looked it alright. it doesn't really go anywhere. She's like... She's a medium. Who, hey, really? Like I did not. She can see ghosts and stuff. I did not see that. And her in the twin trailer. brother dies, and she's knocking about in the city, hoping that he'll turn up and be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, okay. Um, and then on the plane ride home, I saw Youth, which was um this movie where uh, Michael Caine is in this like retirement village in at the top of some mountain in Europe, and it's like a you know five star resort and. Mm-hmm. Paul Dano is there. He's some famous actor and he's like 
trying to get off drugs and there's this character that's basically playing Maradona as this he's literally playing Maradona like this overweight ex football star. Is it Harvey Keitel is the other guy? He's like a he's like a playing a Martin Scorsese director who's there and he's trying to write a movie and it's kind of this place where rich people go and you know have saunas and stuff like that. Paul Dano's in a lot of stuff lately, actually. And, um, yeah, it's quite a, re- a relaxing film, although it's a depressing tone because it's about these guys just waiting to die and <laughs> they're seeing all these young people have fun and stuff like that. Um, it's got Michael Caine in it. Yeah. And <laughs> I watched half of Where the Wild of Thingamongadings. Oh, I saw that And I stopped it where Why? the dogs, they started killing off dogs and I was like, oh, I didn't Aww. watch that. It was depressing. Oh. Um, that was, that's good. I like that story, that story time sort of feel in the film. Mm. Like um, have you did you see the dressmaker with Kate Winslet and she goes to the small town? And oh she's, yeah, yeah, I, like that same you, sort you've of. You've talked about this. Yeah, but yeah, the, like that same sort of. I like that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. The hunt for the wilder people had that going on. You know, apparently that's become the highest grossing Australian movie ever. Which one? The dressmaker. Oh, that's right, because the other one's Kiwi, isn't it? Um, hmm. I've got written down bad movie binges, and I don't even remember these films. The Final Countdown, Suburban Girl, Knock Knock, and Zipper. I've never heard of oh, any Zipper of was those. about another sex addict film. Oh. Knock Knock was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is at home alone. His wife and child have gone to visit his grandma, and these two young girls turn up at his thing and like, oh, it's raining. Can we come inside? And they take all their clothes and oh. seduce him. And oh. it becomes like a horror movie after that. Does he kill them? It's not very good. I he guess. wants to kill them. Oh. County Reeves, what are you doing with your life? So really I've watched a lot of, I've just lost track of all this stuff, you know. I've watched more stuff in the last <laughs> month. It's too many things in your brain. most of my life combined. I'm actually really... And I didn't even go to any movies this weekend. Uh, yeah, and you were down there. I can't believe that. You had. A, it sounds like you've had enough, though, <laughs> to fill your mind for a while. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that. I'm actually really sad that I didn't wear pajamas. So I um, have an announcement to make. You're married. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I love Engaged. that's where you I love that's where your mind goes. Um, no. I'm back on Tinder. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> because remember I told you I went off it a few months ago. Yeah. And I've been clean and sober for about three or four months. Right. And um I I caved and went back on it the other yeah. week. Yeah. Any results? Yeah, we'll see. There's nothing uh, yet, huh? Just irons in the fire. There's yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. But um, in terms of like weird people, as such, there's only been a couple that sound like not. I've not met them though. Like, but I mean, last time I was on it, there was just constantly people saying stupid shit. And this time it's not been as bad. So, <laughs> slightly restoring my faith. So, um. I haven't been stabbed yet. Oh, God, don't even joke. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so far, I've only. I mean, I've only been back on it, I think, two weeks now. Two mm. weeks. And I've met up with one person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's, uh, um, interesting. I don't know. Have you, have you ever been on Tinder? I don't know no. if I've asked you if you've ever been on it. No, you've never had it? The only reason I know what it's like 
well, this is not true, but they've recently started putting, you know, these YouTube videos where people take over oh, other people's yeah, yeah. profile and stuff. Well, and yeah, I mean, I think the whole reason I went off it was just because I was like, I'm sick of meeting, like, just idiots. And, um, you know, that's not even to say that I was specifically looking for something. It was just more... They just weren't like selling themselves the right, but like they weren't what they said they were, kind of thing. Like either be honest about it or not. Like so, I just got over it, and I was like, you know what? If I delete it, then maybe I'll be like, look, universe, I'm open to meeting people organically, yeah. right? It just didn't, still didn't really happen. Like so, I was like, well, okay, it's fine. And I try, I tried. So I was just more adamant at not getting back on it for a like good length of time, not like two weeks or, you know, like a month. I was so set on being like, I will not go on it for at least, you know, two, three months. And I got to like four, but, um, I went on like, okay, Cupid in between, yeah. which is another one, another app. And it was awful. It was so bad. I was on it for a week and I deleted it because it was just like, it's not like, so Tinder, as shallow as it is, Tinder, you can, you swipe and you match people like based on the fact that you've liked each other right mm. so at least you know you've liked each other on um cupid okay cupid anybody can write to you yeah which you know it has its pros and cons obviously because you yeah. might not have looked at this person before but um i just felt people were so much more entitled on there it's crazy i had people messaging me being like hello like how are you and i m- didn't reply because i yeah. wasn't really interested or whatever um, or maybe I just didn't check it because I was I'm not I wasn't like on it constantly, right? Mm. So like two days later, I'd get like an, another message, just passive aggressive, like or not, and I'm like, that's not gonna make me want to write to you. Or mm. I'd get, are you real? Um, or just like, just like slandered, like yeah, or you know, you females don't want to like reply back. Like it was awful. I actually just felt bombarded by people who think that it was okay to be passive aggressive to someone online and that that would get their way like Welcome to be a woman on the internet well no but it was just not um like at least with tinder generally if they say hi how are you or, or whatever they might say first mm. if you don't reply generally they don't send you another passive aggressive message being mm. like why haven't you applied to me yeah Generally, or they might try and send you another one and then they let it go. Mm-hmm. I had there was one guy on there that for the whole week that I was on there wrote to me maybe on one of the first day or so, and like I got three other messages in that whole week being mm-hmm. like with like three or four days apart, but they weren't like trying to talk to me, they were like passive aggressive. So, yeah, that wasn't cool. So, I kind of just thought I'd share that experience with people if anyone agrees with me um, that's tried OkCupid as opposed to Tinder like as shallow as Tinder is you can still get a vibe for someone that's when you start talking to them obviously like you know mm. um, but yeah and you could match with people on OkCupid if you wanted to as well but it was just Don't different. they have like a computer thing where they try and match you on your um, You do answer questions. So they try, they do give you a bit of a like percentage of what you would be with the other person. Yeah. But like this is the thing, I didn't even bother filling out like on OkCupid, you can fill out the whole profile. Yeah. And I didn't even bother doing that because I was like, I don't think I'm going to stay on here for very long. And um, uh, you know, now you're, maybe this is why you're getting all these idiots because you didn't fill the details in. So anyone could. No, because I downloaded it and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to stay on here yeah. so I just kind of wanted to see how like the app worked 
Um, so within a day or two and within those like couple of days, I'd just put like a couple of pictures up yeah. and answered a couple of questions. So at least it could give me some percentage with people. Yeah. But the couple of questions were like um, automatic questions, not ones that were on my profile as such. So like I'd still have a bit of percentage with people. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, that was an interesting experience that I won't do again. I mean, but yeah. Tinder's the same too. So it just depends. Like you're all, everyone's on Tinder or some other dating app. So you can't really judge, you don't judge each other for it, obviously, because you're there as well. Like, yeah. (laughs) So, um, but it's so stupid. Like, so many people are like, what are you on here for? And I'm like, what do you want me to say? On OkCupid. Or like Tinder or OkCupid. And I'm like, well, just want to bang it out. Well, no. I'm like, just whatever comes along. But I'm like, what do you want me to say? Is that what you want my answer to be? Well, in which case, why don't you just ask me? Hmm. Do you just want, are you on here for sex? As opposed to, like, do you know what I mean? Because I'm probably going to give you an answer that you don't want to hear. So why yeah. bother asking? Like, just just if, if you're only on here for that and that's the reason you're asking me, hmm. which is generally the case. If they've asked me the question, um, being, what are you on here for? They're just on there for one thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like, just whatever comes along, really. It's not specific, like, oh, you know, this or that. So that's interesting. Maybe you should get on it for like social experiment. We can swap stories. Couldn't. It just sounds like the most horrible thing ever <laughs> to me. Well, when was the last time you bumped into someone organically and went out on a date? I bumped into an old like flame and did that, but that's like someone I already knew. <laughs> so. I just don't think I would want to do that. No, but I, I guess I'm, yeah, I couldn't. Oh, I completely understand people that don't want to get be on Tinder or anything. It is pretty bad. But, um, you know, but then there's I've other- accidentally gone on some blind dates before. Yeah. And um, they were just horrible because like, <laughs> the odds of them actually being a good person without you knowing them. Well, that's that's true with the Tinder thing. It's the odds game, isn't it, as well? Like, there was another guy I was talking to, and he was like, oh, you know, actually, he was a nice one. He was talking just about, like, stuff in general. And then he was like, oh, my last girlfriend was actually from Tinder. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So how, like, how, just, if you don't mind me asking, like, how long were you together? And um, he was like, oh, we're together for, like, just over a year. We went on holiday together. And, um, yeah, and I was like, well, you've officially restored my, what little faith I had in Tinder <laughs> for, for like some people. And he's like, well, I'm back here, aren't I? I was like, true. But <laughs> yeah. you had a solid like relationship out of it. Well, not just like, you know, so I, th- I found that interesting. Um, but you know, they had, there's all sorts of articles on like Tinder weddings now and stuff because people had met on there and ended up getting married or something like you know, who knows? You can bag it out as much as you want, but whatever works for people. I'm not. I don't. I don't really have anything against Tinder. Mm. It's more that, like, you come back and complain about, oh, I had a bad experience. I'm like, well, I don't really feel sorry for you because who me? You or anyone who's <laughs> oh, complained like- to me about Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really complained to you about Tinder as such. More people, but not Tinder in its in general. <laughs> I've told you stories, just not. Yeah, I guess I'm just not looking for the kind of thing that Tinder 
offers. Do you know what I mean? But that's the thing. It can offer you whatever you want it to offer as well at the same time. People have the connotation with it that it's just for sex. But it's not. If you want to use it for that way, obviously you can. Mm. But it's you can use it forever you want. You just have to be clear about what it is, I guess. You know, if that's not what you're yeah, into, then if, you have if, to write and say that's not what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> if like you could set up your what can you do can you because it does it use your Facebook profile so it uses um, you can add random photos on there now but it does connect to your Facebook so you have to have a Facebook so it tells that's how it gets your age and stuff right yeah um, you can connect your Instagram to it if you want so people can see more photos of you and there is a little section that you can write about yourself in so you yeah, can well, write so that wouldn't be helpful to me I would it'd be cool to have a a dating app that literally goes, I don't really use Facebook, but I imagine like, if it's like, okay, because <laughs> like, <coughs> if you're advertising, you know, this is one thing I do know about Facebook. If you're advertising on Facebook, you can target the kind of people you want to advertise based on what they like. Like, that's what the dating <laughs> app should be. So I was like, okay, I want someone who likes, you know, theoretically the perfect woman for me. If you're basing, if I was going to treat it like, targeting ads at someone mm. you know i'll go oh she has to like the spacex page because i'm a big spacex nerd mm-hmm. and maybe you want something arty so she has to oh maybe she likes jane austen so she's like the jane austen fan page mm-hmm. and then you you can whistle it down from there and so you find every woman in perth that looks yeah. both jane austen and spacex well the and you would probably find none <laughs> Yeah, two million people. You know, you're being picky now, James. Um, um, but there, there is on on Tinder. They do, um, so they tell you if you've got mutual friends from Facebook, mm. and they tell you whether it's first friends, so like direct mutual friends mm. or second friends. I don't really get what that is, but whatever. So it's like connections, like yeah. networking. But then they also have if you've liked the same page, it'll tell you what the same page is that you've liked. So that's how you can start a conversation with someone. So if you've both liked Louis Thoreau, Nando's, oh, right. so it does connect. To what it you does. Like. It does connect if you both match. So yeah, like you can you can see sometimes there'll be nothing because you don't like any of the same pages. But to get to that, you've already had to swipe on them, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's terrible. Oh, actually, no, no, no. It tells you when you click on them before you swipe on them. So it comes up with all their detail and then you click yes or no. So, you know, they they do try and incorporate a bit of that. And yeah, there's been times where like someone's either used that on me to start a conversation or I've used it, I guess. Like if it's a band you like yeah. or yeah. So it, there is that little bit there. Well, where can we find you on the internet then? Oh, you can find me. Well, Tanya Alice is what you can find me under, but for... For Tinder, not Tinder. Oh my god! Oh my god! For Twitter, hook up with Tanya. Oh my god! Tinder. No, please don't hit me up on Tinder. Oh my god! Um, okay, so for Twitter, you can add me on at Tanya Alice underscore. So it's T A N I A double A L I S underscore. Um, yeah, hit up my Twitter. It's pretty sad actually. So that would be good. And if you want to follow me on Instagram. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> sometimes I post some interesting stuff, you know. I've been busy of late, so I've tried. Um, but T-A-N-C-H-E underscore X-I. All right. Well, you can find me as the, at the guy called Tom. This podcast is on Jimmy's FM. You can find Jimmy's FM at jimmyshfm.com, facebook.com slash jimmyshfm, twitter slash dot com slash Leave a review on iTunes, please. 
It's a free podcast. All we ask in return, don't have to pay for it. All you have to do is go get log into iTunes on your computer or the pod, iTunes podcast app on your phone and leave us a review, Jimish mm-hmm. Femme. Even if you use a different app to use podcasts, iTunes reviews are the only way that uh, helps surface podcasts in the wider world. Yes, do it. Get involved. Um, well, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.